Revelation chapter 3 verses 14 to 22. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other, so that because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired great wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So one of my sermons in lockdown was from the words of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. See, I have placed before you an open door which no one can shut. It was actually on the Sunday after the full measures of closure were announced back in March. All doors were shut, schools, shops, offices, everything other than essential services. But the door to Jesus remained open. And I spoke about that open door to Christ, to prayer and to peace. Now today's text, which is actually a little bit further on in the same book of Revelation, reverses the image. Instead of an open door, we have a closed door and the risen Christ stands outside. Revelation 3 and verse 20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Now both images are true and both need to be heard. Both belong to the context of messages given by the risen Christ to the churches of the first century through a vision which John experienced. And the book of Revelation records the whole of that vision. Interestingly, much of the vision is about Christ himself, about worship in heaven, about the battle between good and evil, light and darkness, and about the end times. But within that vision is also a message to the church. The church, which is an integral part of the purposes of God. The church, which is formed by the living Christ, sustained through his spirit, and the whole church across the whole world of today is a living witness to the presence and power of Jesus Christ. Now, the particular way in which the risen Christ 
speaks to the church in John's time in this book of Revelation is by sending seven specific messages to particular churches. But really that is a message to the whole church. And it's to the whole church of the first century, but equally it is to the whole church of all time because the book of Revelation especially speaks into every generation and to all situations. And we're looking at just one tiny part of that whole message today. And our text comes from the message that was given to the church in Laodicea, which was a wealthy city in the first century. It possessed a bank, a cloth industry, and a medical school with renowned eye ointment. So in other words, it was leading the way in finance, in manufacture, and in healthcare. There was also some hot springs nearby, but by the time the water from the hot springs was channeled through into the city, it was rather lukewarm. Laodicea was a self-reliant city. When it was destroyed in an earthquake in AD 60, the Roman historian and politician Tacitus could say that here was a city which, without any relief from us, recovered itself by its own resources. And the church was self-sufficient too. They described themselves as not needing anything. At least that is how it's given in this vision. I am rich. I have prospered. I lack nothing. What a strange description of a church. But Jesus remained outside of the door. Here was a church which had money, theology, leadership, congregations, growth, everything that you might expect. Except that here was a church where the crucified and risen Lord was left standing outside the door. And worst of all, they hardly even noticed his absence. As a result, the church is described as lukewarm. And that is totally unacceptable as far as Christ is concerned. There are some harsh words in this passage. That because you are lukewarm, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. That's in verse 16. Today, we need to recognize the warning that it is entirely possible to be a church where Christ is left outside the door and where the spiritual temperature is lukewarm. It can happen in subtle and devious ways and we can find ourselves in a dreadful place without even realizing it. We often use this verse in the context of those who are first coming to faith. And it's a great message to hear as an appeal to the open door, opening the door of your life to Jesus in the first instance. But remember that the context for these words is the church. It was the church at Laodicea who left Jesus outside of the door, knocking and seeking entry. So I wonder in what ways might we have closed the door to Jesus at this time? In what ways is the risen Lord knocking at the door of our congregation today and seeking a deeper presence among us? 
I would suggest, first of all, that he is knocking to gain entry to our personal life. Christ's way into the life of a congregation is through the heart of its people. The only way to be a church with an open door to Christ is when each one of us have open hearts to Jesus. And that happens when we are personally serious about nurturing our faith and keeping our doors open to Jesus. We need moments when we are quiet before God, looking at what we are doing and why we are doing it, what we are saying and why we are saying it. We need times when we read scripture, not because someone says we have to, or to get ready for a session that we might be involved in, but to soak in the promises and the power of scripture itself into our inner being. We're living at a time when so many routines have gone out of the window and life just seems to be incredibly strange. Where will we be allowed to go during half term, you might wonder? What is Christmas going to look like? When are we going to get told to self-isolate for two weeks? None of us know the answers to these things. Stress levels are getting higher and resilience is getting lower. Now more than any other time, we need to draw deep from the wells of life-giving water which come through sustained times of devotion and prayer. Linking to the monologue which was there earlier in our service, Jesus is the Good Shepherd and he does not just lead us beside the still waters, he is the still water himself and he does restore my soul. And it may help to find a soul friend, someone with whom you can be accountable and really encourage one another to open the doors of your inner being again and again to the risen Christ. We need to sustain healthy devotional lives, walking closely with our Lord and Saviour, keeping that door wide open. And when each of us do that, it will make a huge difference to our life together. And so it follows naturally that Jesus is also knocking to gain entry into our life together as a church. Church is so different at the moment, isn't it? And we're finding it hard to sustain a real sense of community. This morning, I do feel quite excited that some of you are watching in your own homes online. Some of our families with younger children are gathering in the sports hall. Our young people are talking to each other and sharing in a program online. And some of you are gathering in the sanctuary. And when you put all of that together, then there will be lots of us meeting in some way with Jesus today. Wherever you are and whatever activity you're part of, I pray that you will find this to be a time when you can really open the door of your heart to Jesus. There are some things that we can't do at the moment. I don't know about you, but I'm really missing the gathering together of the whole congregation to worship God, singing together the praises of God, being led through worship to moments of deeper encounter with Christ. I'm missing that. But many believers in many parts of the world, in all the centuries of the church, have sustained their life together without those privileges. There is a lot that we can do. We can encourage one another. We can pray for one another. 
We can talk to one another through electronic means and face-to-face, -face, even if it does mean wearing masks or being out in the open air. We can keep our focus on Jesus in all the decisions that we make, in the conversations that we have and in the service that we offer. And we really do need each other at this time. One of the weaknesses of the church in Laodicea is that they became self-sufficient and they didn't need anything. That is deeply unhealthy. We need a door which is wide open to Jesus himself. And we need a door that is open to one another to share our deeper feelings and our concerns. We also have our minds and eyes open to the people around us. It's interesting that just in the last week or so, Shirley Mutual Aid is beginning to get some more requests for help with those in the community who need shopping or prescriptions collected or other practical tasks. The Family Support Centre is getting more requests for help. Renewal Church's Helping Hands project has been a lifesaver for so many in the borough in recent months. Arthur Brown reminded us two weeks ago that we are a global body of Christ. We may never physically sit alongside the thousands and thousands of believers who gather in many different countries across the world, but we do belong to the same body. And Jesus is knocking to gain entry to that church because it is his church. And sadly, it's all too easy for him to be left outside wherever we are in the world church today. So as well as our personal commitment and our times of personal devotion in walking with Jesus, corporately and together, we need to open the door to Jesus Christ and keep it wide open. But then particularly for these moments this morning, I want to suggest also that he is knocking to gain entry into these moments of sharing bread and wine. Listen again to those words in Revelation 3 and verse 20. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Why the reference to eating? Why the two phrases? Jesus with us, us with him. I may be wrong here, but I cannot help but think that there is a link to the meal in the upper room, which Jesus shared with his disciples when he took bread and wine. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. There is something about sharing a meal which strengthens a relationship, gives a stronger sense of belonging together. And this is what is happening in communion, which is sometimes called a sacrament. And the idea is that we take something physical into our bodies, but at the same time, something spiritual happens too. And Jesus wants to gain entry to this moment to make it special with him. So I wonder, can you hear Jesus knocking today? Is there any sense in which he has been left outside while we have been busy about our individual lives and our church life?
Will you open your door to him now? Will you offer up your life to him now? Will you join with all God's people together in the body of Christ to live with faith, with hope and with Christ-like love? Heed the warning of the church in Laodicea. Today, Jesus is knocking. Open that door now.